Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. So have you been in a gambling mood lately? Uh, ever since COVID went on too long, which is, I don't know, six months or so. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the, the time before that, that was just about right. I started feeling good. But like once winter hit, I don't know, man, I had a need, a need for uh, some gambling to see, uh, you know, to get some excitement into my life. Uh-huh. So, so what'd you do? You went to the casino or those were closed? You had to figure out something else to do? Uh, yeah. So luckily, uh, I'm terrible at poker or any of that kind of stuff. So I didn't do that. So instead, I did the next best thing. And I started buying collectible card games. That sounds like the nerd way to do it. Yep. Because there's this, I think I, I might have mentioned this before, but there's this new collectible card game on the market called Flesh and Blood. And mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It's like two years old. But if you open a pack, even the unlimited version, so they have like basically like exclusive limited run version and then they have the unlimited whatever run version. There are cards that people will buy for like hundreds of dollars. And the most expensive one is like $600. It sounds like more than magic. Anyhow. It's Canadian, by the way. So if you're if you're listening to American, it's not as big as as uh, it actually sounds. But uh, yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's crazy. The the, the price is unhinged, like, in my opinion. But they are super rare, right? It's literally just by rarity. Like the 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 six hundred dollar card is not even that good in terms of decks. Like most people don't play it, but it's just super rare because it's like the rarity is like one in ninety six boxes or more. Okay. More, it's there's less than Old one. No, bad. no, sorry. One packs, packs. Oh, okay. So that's okay. like less than. I think it's it's like ridiculously rare. So mm-hmm. if you buy like a box has 24 packs, so and a case is four of them. So if you get a case, you're not gonna necessarily get this card, right? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Um anyways. On the other hand, it creates this really fun gambling game where you're like, oh, I got to open these packs. And every single time, unlike normal gambling, when you buy a lottery uh, lottery ticket, um, first of all, lottery ticket, you have to go into a store to buy the lottery ticket. And I don't want to do that. It's COVID. Everything's in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second thing is, uh, even if you don't get the fancy new card, like the card that costs a lot of money or costs a lot of money, is worth a lot of money, you get cool art. It's like art cards, plus maybe you'll be lucky and pull the super expensive card with fancy art as well. It's like totally a nerd way to gamble. Yeah, I guess if you're getting started in the game, you're like, oh, well, I, I could use some of these cards, so why not? Yeah, the only big thing is like we're in the COVID, um, although, you know, it's starting to, the, the end is near for COVID, but like still it's COVID. And when I was getting into it, it was COVID. So I couldn't play the game. So mm-hmm. literally I lied to myself and I said, Oh, I'm getting in, I'm buying these cards. Cause you know, once we get together, I'll be able to play or maybe I'll play online over webcam, which did not happen. Or maybe the game store will pick it up that we play at. Yeah, exactly. But, or, or maybe not. And maybe I'm just bored and I need to gamble mm-hmm. and have some fun and look at nice, pretty art, even though technically, you know, you could look at beautiful art online when it's, when there's that rarity of having to open a pack and look at it, it's so much more exciting. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a find random image button on ArtStation. That might be fun for a little while. Only if they have exclusive rarities. If like certain art has like a flashing 
flashing, I don't know, sounds and stuff like that. One in one in every, I don't know, 5,000 pieces is now a video. Woo, exciting, right? So you look at, you have to press it 5,000 times to get the, the cool looking video. You can only see it by randomly looking. Yep, mm -hmm. by randomly pressing that button. So uh, so this is not totally off topic to what we're, we're talking about today. Uh, our topic is uh, mystery boxes, not just for you know card games, which is what we talked about, but actually this kind of thing in all of our hobby, right? what is this gambling kind of aspect and how does it intersect with uh, our hobby? Yeah. So when you normally think of miniature games, you usually think of just, you buy the box, you get what mm -hmm. you expect in the box. Yep. But in maybe the last five years, mm -hmm. I would say that maybe trying to imitate the whole idea of like the loot boxes for mm -hmm. just like people getting random t-shirts, toys, food. I don't know. Just like, those things that people sign up for yeah, it's just gambling like i said the ccgs right collectible card games that kind of thing where you get a random pack of cool stuff that hopefully you want well the excitement is that you might get something you want right <laughs> there's that famous i guess uh what do you call it meme from family guy where peter griffin is like "Ooh, if you buy a boat you can a boat is if you, if you go out and buy a boat you just get a boat but this box could be, but this mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Obviously, if you watched Family Guy and you saw whoever that actor is who, who plays Peter Griffin, it would have been much better. But unfortunately, you had my crappy uh, version of the, of the joke. Yeah, I didn't watch enough of that show. Oh, well. That line was good. Trust me, it was even funnier than the way when when I put it, which it has to be definitely be worth it to be. On be a whole TV, episode. Yes. So, yeah. have you ever actually bought into any of these things? We'll discuss what like um, for yeah. miniatures. Yeah. No, but I just said that I was getting really into it for collectible card games, so I'm halfway there. Mm -hmm. So the closest I think I've gotten is just rifling through the used bin at mm -hmm. the game store, which is fun because you don't know what you're going to find in there. You're like, oh, yeah, it's all, it's all cheap. And I don't know yeah. if I want it. So you're only investing your time really. Oh. And you don't get, but the whole process of looking. Imagine, imagine if you have a bin, right? Would you do it if you had to buy a mini up front and oh, then you rifle through and then you get to pick one mini from it? Damn. I would have to know like, if it's been like freshly, like new things have been put in it lately or not. If they had been, I'd be like, ooh. That would be fun. <laughs> I already, half the fun is really just sifting through it and looking for, for cool and stuff. You're forced to put down your $5 to look through the bin. You get yeah. to take one thing. Yeah, because it, technically it takes time, right? For them to, to, to set it up and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So if you just have to put in that, that money, be very, very interesting. But then the thing is, if you find more things, you just keep putting in more money than take all the good stuff, which would kind of ruin it for the next person. That's true. So I don't know how that would work. Maybe maybe he has another bin and he has to seed it, right? You know, remember when you're like in the, the carnival or Kendra's Wonderland or amusement park, right? And there's the game that's like, a, it's basically just gambling for kids, right? It's the duck game where mm -hmm. they have a whole bunch of ducks with a number, <coughs> excuse me, a number on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And if you pull up, like it's for 
very young children, right? So there's no skill to get a prize. It's literally, you just, it's it basically, it's just gambling. You pick up a duck and one out of the ducks has like the, the biggest prize. And most of the ducks have like a crappy prize where you just get like candy or something. But you, what you really want was the biggest stuffed toy there, which is actually totally impractical, but you know, that kind of stuff. Well, so the point is though, why I mentioned that is that, you could do the same thing where every single time he seeds only like one thing. Once, once he, once you're done doing that, right. Mm -hmm. He like, he has a bucket of good stuff and then he just throws that shit in. Or maybe literally he has a bucket. They don't even know what just, the good stuff is. Like, sorry? They, they really don't know what the good stuff is. The whole point of the used bin is they really don't. Yeah. Yeah. So he know. has a really big bin, right. Mm -hmm. And then when you go, he just takes a handful. He puts his hand into it and dumps it in there. It just opens up the bottom of the bin and just like fills another smaller bucket and you get to look through the bucket. Yeah. And when you don't yes. bucket, you pour the bucket back in the top of the bigger bucket of Metro. Yeah. Yeah. Metro's gonna be so chipped up. They're you're gonna have to strip them. <laughs> oh yeah, well. well, that's the one of the great things about miniatures, right? Is the reusability. So these are now like just crazy off the wall ideas of uh, that ways that you can try to monetize selling uh, random crap. Uh but Speaking of yeah. stuff is actually <laughs> randomly sold, not our crazy versions. Our crazy version. Hey, man, maybe it could work. If you're a game store owner, feel free to take our ideas and tell us if it works, if it's if it's even possible. This is one of the reasons why I'm like, man, I should just put my life savings and retirement in money into uh, owning a game store it's, so it's I like can try out these stupid ideas. It's like those bubble cum bubble gum machines where you put in money and then you like turn the crank and one thing comes out and you don't know what flavor it's going to be. Uh -huh. It's just like a miniature machine. <laughs> yeah. But you just, you get, you get a pack of 10, right? Like collectible cards where you get a pack of 50 and then you choose one. Uh -huh. The problem is miniature often cool. come in like units. So. And then sometimes you'll get a pack that just says like, uh, Imperial Knight. And then you get the Imperial Knight off the shelf or something like that. Now this is back to our gambling thing where we talked about because it, because I started getting into to, to collecting uh, cards and I was like, oh, I wish there was something for minis. Yeah. Uh, that's back to our idea there where you just have this kind of thing. So back to the what's out there. Yes, I've been doing the nerd thing with cards, but... Which, yeah, it's only accepted in cards. You get something random to your card game. Mm -hmm. But in miniatures, it's not... Not so common until the last few years. Yeah, so so let's talk about the actual things that I could be spending my money on with gambling. So part of the reason why I think we mentioned this is because uh, recently Privateer Press had a spring cleaning mystery box sale where you spent $60, you give them 60 bucks American and they give you $200 of unsellable product. <laughs> they don't phrase it that way, but yes, they, they at least claim it's mostly going to be from one faction, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be this Well, thing though. They say it's the stuff that's been sitting around their warehouse. Yeah. They're, not, they're upfront about it. Yeah. So you can get, but that, that, but it's exactly what we're talking about, right? Like this mystery box, this collecting, this gambling, they're like, Oh my God, sure. Most people will get something that they don't want, but what happens if you wanted that? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Or what happens if, like, you actually get something that's really cool? Like, uh, I don't know, maybe they have some gun carriages lying around. I would get take another gun carriage, although I already have one. Or I was just saying that I wanted uh, one of the Colossals, right? The um, Galleon. 
which is this this big big model and i'm like oh i really want this galleon a giant harpoon mm -hmm. and maybe maybe they haven't been able to sell galleons because they've been too expensive but if i get a galleon from this one you know mm -hmm. i would be happy galleon seems hard to ship so it comes i in think they're hard. probably going to sell no but galleon is like resin so it's going to be lighter than a giant chunk of metal yeah, but at the same time, you're right. You're probably like tiny pieces of metal is probably easier. Mm -hmm. Or they're old plastic stuff. Yep. Who knows? Maybe it's the stuff where they've repackaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, oh my God, just talking about this. So this is how gambling works for the mind, for the mind that wants to do that stuff. I've already just gotten excited. So yeah, my mind like, that way because I don't like random projects. I like projects that are planned out like a year in advance. Mm -hmm. So for me, this idea of like the excitement of mystery and this this imagine my imagination is now running wild about what will happen if I get something really cool like uh, I don't know like like something that other people wouldn't want, but I could totally see using or. Like, I don't know, like a whole bunch of uh, troll champions, trollkin champions. I would love to get those. So the thing is, what this really comes down to is we don't actually play War Machine. So if we were actually playing War Machine actively and we yeah. had an active community, you'd be like, oh, shit, a bunch of us buy these boxes of 60 uh -huh. per 200 and we've got this group of people. Somebody in our group might think this is cool and we'll sell it to them for a bit of money or we'll trade because they get the thing I want. Mm -hmm. So... If the game were in that state, I could see a bunch of us just making a pact and going in and doing this. And I could probably get in yeah. on that. But given yeah, the see, that's um, the difference in, in our thinking. To me, uh, even though I'm not playing War Machine anymore, just the idea of finding a use for it and, and getting something. There's a couple of things I want. Just that risk of doing it for fun is worth the price of admission. The joy of waiting on a mystery box and mm -hmm. seeing what it's going to be is worth some value to me. It's not just the product that I get in the end. It's mm -hmm. the experience of the mystery. Okay. So to me, even though I know that I maybe I'll get, I don't know, one of those like heavy scorn infantry, those heavy yeah. scorn, what is it called? Centauri or something? Centauri? Cataract. Is it cataphracts? Oh, cataphracts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I get one of those, I'd be super disappointed because in my opinion, those guys look terrible and they're way too big for like their armor. Like their armor is way too big for their bodies. It's just, it just looks, they just look ridiculous and they don't even have helmets on, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so if I got those, I would be super disappointed. But at the same time, the I need the ability to possibly get something I don't want to for it to be exciting. Okay. Well, on my otherwise, end, it's not a gamble. If it's just a sure thing, <laughs> that's not a gamble. Although, to be fair, getting a random thing that you might love is also fun, right? It's like a it's like a present. For some reason, I've already bought like hundreds of dollars of War Machine over the last year to get all the stuff I wanted. So. Yeah, I'm so surprised. I was like, oh my god, not... you've been buying so much War Machine. I haven't bought War Machine. I bought a couple, a few things here and there, mm -hmm. but not as much as you. Hundreds of dollars of it. Oh, now I have all the War Machine I wanted to not play War Machine with. <laughs> yep, not me. There's all of these models. I'm like, oh, what happens if I get this one or this one that I really wanted? Most likely I'm not going to get it though. But the idea of, of, like I said, gambling, that feeling is worth 
worth it. So why do we have such a different view? Is it just like so a different out outlook on it? It might be. Maybe because I just feel like now I'm burdened with these things I don't want. I think that's my biggest mm -hmm. issue. I don't the waste of money doesn't bother me so much. It's just being burdened with all these like unnecessary things lying around because I already have so many. Yeah, I just put them in a pile and I said, I'm, I'm going to get rid of this eventually. Mm -hmm. I'll literally put it, if I don't like it, I'll be like, well, that was a waste of 80 bucks. And then and then I'll try and sell it on, on some whatever for 10 bucks. Well, maybe it's because my pile- Give it away for free if I have to. Maybe it's because my pile is already like too big. It's like, I don't have enough space to keep everything as it is. I already, I already did this like with a, a bunch of my infinity, right? I put it into a pile and I'm like, I'm fine with getting rid of it. So to me, it's not so burdensome to have stuff because as soon as I put it into the pile of to get rid of, mm -hmm. I know it's like, to me, it's gone. And it could be like, I have a couple of, yeah, I have a couple of things that it's just sitting there, but like, sure. <laughs> So that stuff you can actually offload used. Like even our local game store will take some of that used. Not, they won't take any war machine anymore. No, not war machine. I'm talking about the infinity. Yeah, that's true. But the, the, the war machine is so unloved that. I know. I wonder if you have to go with war machine, like with the war machine stuff, if you have to go to a place where they're still playing war machine, like you have to go down to where's privateer press based. Somewhere in the States. Yeah, somewhere in the states to go <laughs> and try to offload it. I I don't know. It's actually really really, really surprising. Uh, a lot of actually this mystery box and stuff comes from Privateer Press, which makes me I don't yeah, know wonder they, about that. Like the other the, thing they did, yeah, because they started with the mini crate, I believe they called it a couple yep. years back. Yep, it's a subscription, right? So this is the same kind of thing as the loot loot crates that we we're talking about before. It's literally the mystery, right? They send you one miniature. Uh, for six months, but you have to prepay for six months of miniatures, right? And then they'll send you one unknown miniature every month and you have to, you just take it, right? And hopefully think, it'll be a nice sculpt that you like. So the things with those, I believe they were exclusives. They were all things you couldn't get any other way. Mm -hmm. Yep. So in that case, I might go for that because- Even though it's a mystery, well, now, because you can't get it anywhere else. It's not like, yeah. oh, well, I could have just gone and bought that if I wanted it. Even for like the same thing of cracking packs. You're like, why would I keep cracking packs if I could just go just pay dollars for the one card I want? Oh, wait, no, I might keep cracking packs <laughs> at that point. But the fact that you can't- It's always that, it's always cheaper just to buy the singles. If you, have, if you know exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. Not always, but usually. Yeah, if you're not trying to build up your collection. Yeah. But I think in the case, if there was exclusive sculpts, for a game I wanted them for, now I think they might be able to get me. Okay, so I think we mentioned this before about this kind of gambling and stuff like that. Um, so there's another thing that came about. Part of the reason why we're talking about it now the in the past five years is uh, besides the Loot Crate, which is the Privateer Press thing where you get a random mini every every month for six months of your, of your uh, purchase, um, there's the Games Workshop one. Yes, yeah, so they came out with the Space Marine Heroes and then some Nurgle Heroes. Yep. So this is basically kind of like um, the Gumballs things or or whatever you call them. The it, it's it's I've seen them a long time. It's like a I believe a generally a Japanese product a where they surprise. it's like a Kinder Surprise, right? But only toy, 
actually the old ones i remember going to the grocery store the chinese grocery store with my parents and sometimes i would ask to get the candy but the candy is literally like like this much so like a finger of candy it'd be like 12 12 i don't know gumballs or 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 little pieces of candy mm-hmm. and then a, and then a toy and of course i just wanted it for the toy but the candy part is the thing i don't know the, to allow them put them in, to put them into grocery stores i have no idea but it's like literally a significantly large box like you know like it's like the space marine heroes things it's like mm-hmm. um three inches by one inch by two inch or two and a half inches right something like that or maybe it's maybe it's bigger than that i don't remember mm-hmm. but the idea is basically you buy one box and it's a random assortment of something like six to 12 sculpts, right? For, for Space Marine Heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get that excitement of, oh, which hero am I going to get? You get that gambling feeling. Now, nobody feels like, now, for these Space Marine Heroes, you're not getting extra value. So it's not exactly like directly analogous to gambling where... Um, you are hoping to get more value than the amount of money you put in, right? Mm-hmm. But you are getting something unique. You're gambling because oftentimes you will only want one of the things, one of the models, or maybe a, you, maybe you don't only want, but you prefer one of the models or you really, really want that. You're, you're looking to hit that, that cool space marine, uh, uh, plague marine with the, I don't know, the plague axe or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So you get that excitement, that feeling of random and wonder and, and chasing uh, one thing and opening the pack and hoping for it to be the thing you want. Yeah. So for a game I played, because they're uh-huh. a bit more ornate than your typical, like if it was a Space Marine or a Terminator or one of the Nurgle Marines, mm-hmm. they're a little bit more ornate than what would come in your bulk packs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it'd be kind of fun to have them. And I think if I played those factions... I might like uh-huh. once in a while do it. Be like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to have these extra parts or like this one guy. Really? So. So if, but does it have to be more ornate? What happens if um, it's just like, you know, let's say for infinities, this is a game where we regularly buy models for because the models are awesome. And uh, yeah, we, we play the game as well. So imagine one of the releases every, let's say two or three months, is instead of a box of five guys, it's a pack where you just get one of those guys and it's random, which one you get. From the whole whole range of the game? Not not a particular faction, just the whole game you're talking, right? Okay, sure. The whole game, sure. No, no, no. Let's say, let's say out of 12 models, they have a selection mm-hmm. of 12 models. Some of them are brand new sculpts that are cool looking. Some of them will be heavy infantry. Some of them will be light infantry. You just get a random one. Would you buy it? Probably. If it was the I same, feel like I would. Yeah. If it was the same price as a regular pack, uh-huh. or at least like only maybe thirty percent more expensive, probably. Yeah, I feel like I would. Like, but again, I'm in this kind of mood because we can't play games, can't do these things, right? It's one of those things where. It's another way to get the dopamine rush without actually playing games and the excitement of the and the mystery and of, of actually throwing dice down, mm-hmm. right? Because the rest of our hobby is very sedate, slow, like relaxing, right? The painting and the building and stuff like that. It's relaxing and it feel, you feel constructive and you get that kind of interest. But you don't get that 
hit of excitement, right? No, you, you know what you're going for. And either exactly. you get it or you kind of screw up and feel like you maybe have to fix it. But there's no, there's no yeah. big payoff. Yeah, and there's no excitement. Whereas when you're getting something random, you're getting that kind of excitement and everything like that. So I would totally do that just to, to tide me along. The question though is, I do wonder if after, after like uh, the pandemic, right? When we're, we're starting to regularly play each other again, mm -hmm. um, do, would I still need it? <laughs> oh, if, if you already had like more set goals and set things, like, yeah, you know, and I'm playing games. I'm getting I'm getting that excitement from the actual games, right? Mm -hmm. I'm getting that engagement. Would I then want this extra engagement of this random thing, right? So, have you gotten into the whole uh, Amazon Amazon delivery package thing? Nope. Okay, so a lot of people, I you know, tried say, to have something delivered by Amazon and then it failed, and then I just and then you hated up. it. You gave it up. Okay, fair enough. So. For Amazon, there's a lot of people, and, and me included, this is why I'm saying saying it is, and, and people that I've talked to, that started ordering from Amazon, and it feels like Christmas. Once oh, you start oh. ordering things regularly, right, you mm -hmm. don't know what's in the package, right? Not what, so much. The, what you've ordered? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this just, you know, my toiletries, or is this, like, my coffee, or is this my miniatures that I bought, or the book, right? It's just, like... It's just fun if you get into regular habit of, of opening it and seeing what it is. Like, obviously, if it's your toiletries, you're often you're bored or whatever. Okay, whatever. I needed that, right? Mm -hmm. I ordered it, right? I needed it. But you're not excited. But if it's that cool, I don't know, device that you were ordering or that that super fine sand grit, uh, sandpaper, uh, 10,000 grit sandpaper that you were trying to, to get for your, your, your hobby project, you'll be super excited. Mm-hmm. So again, it's that same kind of, I don't know what you call it, dopamine hit excitement. But I would I do wonder if, if I'm gonna still have that once once everything's over. And I can actually go to the store and get that hit of, oh, I, what am I gonna buy today? Right. Like mm -hmm. like you said, go through those uh used miniatures bins and see if you have something, find something that you want to buy. Yeah, because you can get like you have the the potential gambling of just looking through the bin of there might be something cool. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I think if I were playing the game, I might might buy those sort of things every once in a while. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah. Because I was willing to back their Kickstarter when only maybe eighty percent. Well, I guess ninety percent of the miniatures were known because mm -hmm. there was other stretch goals. But, uh -huh. so. but you but you felt like you were getting a good deal by then already, right? Yeah. So those are just gravy. Yeah. So with um, so as I said, if I were playing Space Marines, I think I would crack a bunch of those. Just uh -huh. like, ooh, I could get some cooler version of the Marines through this. Yeah. So it would be like, oh. You know, if you buy a space marine, it's just a space marine. But if you buy this mystery box, it could be anything. It could be even be a space marine. Mm -hmm. That's how you're supposed to use it. I, I landed that one a little bit better <laughs> than my previous attempt at the meme. Uh, yeah. Because no, so, I'm totally down to like exclusive versions of things in Infinity. So I think mm -hmm. the fact that I could have more exclusive shit would just be like, oh, I got to get, get all the exclusives. 
Yeah, I think we mentioned also raffles. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, where you'll do raffles, and I'm just like, oh god, there might be one thing I kind of want, but most I don't yeah. want this. Don't Is want that why? So you would be more likely to just give, you know, the raffles that I participated just to help support the uh, events that we host, right? Mm-hmm. Or not necessarily we host that that people are hosting that we would go to, right? Because oftentimes these raffles are at like uh, conventions or, or just just uh, gaming events. Um, so I put in money just to help, you know, ease everything along. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the fun of the raffle. Obviously, I just mentioned whenever we talk, I mentioned all these different gambling things, and and you're like, no, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. No, maybe I'll do that if I if it's actually the right value, right? Whereas mm-hmm. for me, it's like just the imagined idea that it, I might even get value back from my gambling. Ooh, so exciting! You mean I'm not just throwing money into a pit? Wow, that's amazing. Right? I'm just like, I'm gonna create more work for you to try and give this thing away before I leave. That's true. Whereas there's other people when they get something like, oh, I actually kind of want that. And I'll pay them a couple bucks. And they're like, oh man, this is actually valuable, even though they would never use it. Just because they can't, like, oh, it has to be worth something. Whereas I'm like, and then once you you get like a sunk cost fallacy, right? I put money into the gambling. So whatever kind of random crap I got, it's fun. Actually, this is one of the things I put. So so there was an event for um, that that Ash uh, from Girl Miniatures Games ran. I don't, was was it? Was it under him, him, or, or was it? Was, oh no, Lords. Was it with? Was it with Lords of War? It was a tournament with Malifaux and Infinity. Was it also Warhammer and with Lords of War? I think it actually might have been. It was probably the one you know, west of Toronto. Yep. Yeah, and I, they basically hosted a raffle to help. You know, like we we paid money to actually like rent the space, but there was also a raffle to help you know fund everything, right? And so I put in, you know, money to not just for the possibility to get Infinity products, but I also put in money to possibly get Malifaux products. And I didn't even play Malifaux, and I didn't want to start. But just the idea of doing it seemed like fun. Plus, there are not that many many people who put the, the tickets in. So I'm like, oh, my, my, my potential for getting stuff is even higher, right? Because the idea is you're supposed to put a ticket into the op- the, the, the possibility to get something. Yep. So eventually, I ended up winning uh, a whole bunch of uh, guys. So I ended up getting uh, uh, some Malifaux that I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this? I don't even really want this. But like five years later, I painted him. Oh, like, yeah, oh this is cool. Okay. I yeah, thought, I got this guy from a raffle. I, I didn't buy this myself. Malfoy monks. No, man, and it totally worked on me. This mm-hmm. monk made me uh didn't make me, encouraged me to buy a whole bunch of other mouthful on top. Like uh I think those guys came with it. But I ended up buying these guys just to help match. Yep. So well, this they're... raffle like worked for everyone, right? I got some free stuff. I eventually, after five years, painted it, and then I bought some more stuff. So never, never say never when you're like, oh, I got some random crap that I'm trying to get rid of. If you hold mm-hmm. it for long enough, trying to get rid of it long enough, maybe you'll just end up opening the box and saying, hey, this is actually pretty cool, and assembling and painting it. Yeah, that's why I keep a lot of, or that's why I keep a lot of the privateer press stuff around. Just like one day I'll just turn this into something, and I have done that, so it's cool. Yeah, yep. So um, even the random crap you get sometimes you end up liking. So I don't know if this is just like, a, what is this? This is the an endorsement of 
buying random going into random raffles and random products and hopefully getting it so mm-hmm. i think by this time the mystery box for uh, property press is going to be the ability to buy it by the time this this po- podcast is released uh it's going to be over but the next time totally get the mystery box and don't think about mm-hmm. uh not getting the value of the money you put in think about the joy and fun you get from not knowing and possibly possibly getting something you want that's worth something as long as there's the possibility it's like buying a lottery ticket the price of or, or the value you get from a lottery ticket is not the jackpot of 10 million dollars or i think 70 million dollars or whatever right the the actual value you get is from that lotto 649 thing just imagine that imagining of winning and that dopamine hit you get with thinking about the possibilities, that's the value you're getting. That feeling when you open that box or you mm-hmm. crack that pack for, for card games or whatever, right? Of that feeling of wonder and excitement, that's the cost. And especially after you've cracked some packs and you get things you do want, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. And you go yes, back. Yes, it more. feels so good. Oh, my God. That's why people get addicted to gambling and lose all their money. Well, I think I can express that just by looking through the used bin at the game store. Like sometimes there's like seriously amazing things that I would never be able to get otherwise because they're out of production or they're in boxes of 10. It's like, oh my God, this one is here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to buy like the whole entire pack for this one thing that I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And and you also think, why did this other person buy all this stuff and then just sell it used? Mm -hmm. You're like, this pro- person probably had a different problem. They didn't have the gambling problem. They had the, I need to buy everything problem, the the completionist problem or something like that. And now they're, they got regrets and they had to sell that stuff off. But you know, mm-hmm. that's our game. They got to subsidize <laughs> our purchases. Yeah, they got to subsidize my very exclusive armies. Yep. And also I guess the game store that we go to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can see the hit coming from that. But it's less of an investment, just your time to look at things than like shelling out mm. money. So, but it is still like, would you sift through it even so, if the chances of you getting something good is super low? Right? So, so, that the question, the answer is then no. Because if you've looked through it a couple weeks before and it doesn't look like it's changed, then the answer is no, I don't look through it again. If it yeah, looks like so, it's- so your time is somewhat valuable, <laughs> even on the off time, right? Yep. Yeah. It's just so, not mm-hmm. worth that much. <laughs> not quite. Yep. I guess some of the other miniatures, I don't know if these... Pers- oh, oh, just speaking of like searching through things, this gambling feeling, do you ever do that with uh, Meeple Mart? You're just bored and you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll sift through the collection of Meeple Mart and find a gem that I want to purchase. Are you talking about going to the actual store itself and just walking the, the aisle? The store or the website? So Meeple the Mart's a local website store for buying miniatures. Yeah, it's really good for shipping within Canada because shipping from elsewhere in the world is super expensive. So the fact that we have widely stocked store in Canada mm-hmm. is good for us. Yep. But what I'll actually do is just go to the miniature section and mm-hmm. it's ordered by what has recently come out and just keep going through whatever has just come out. But also for the war machine. Do you change it to 120 per page? I go 96. I'm a 96 per page. Really? You don't go maximum? I totally go maximum to go through it. Anyway. Okay. So I'm just giving you tips, man. 
the other thing I've done is because when they put things on sale, they actually change the name of the product. I'll just type in for all that war machine I got that we were talking about earlier. A lot of it was just from going to their website and typing in the word war machine sale and pressing enter and being like, what could I use that's on sale for like 60 Really? So they actually change it to word with the word sale? Yeah. Now you're going to go do this after. <laughs> I totally, this is, I'm getting that dopamine hit. This is that gambling thing that I'm feeling. Oh, again, it's just paying with time, but I am getting that excitement of seeing what will come up when I, when yeah. I search. So if you wonder where that war machine came from, it came from typing those words in and being like, <laughs> could I use this maybe? And then, and then buying tons of these models for 60% off. Okay. So we're totally endorsing gambling of all the different types, but we're giving you tips on low cost gambling where you're only spending your time. So don't come back to us and say, Oh, I, I had to sell my house because I, I was gambling on miniatures or, or card games. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is like people are actually doing that nowadays because they have this idea of it being an investment, right? Because collectibles are an investment. And I feel like a lot of people who are not um, well-versed in, let's say, the internet, or not the internet, sorry, the stock market, um, they, and instead invested in the internet and, uh, you know, card games and stuff like that, they're using their, that what they believe is their expertise in card games to invest in, in the, something they know about, which is, you know, valuable cards. Mm -hmm. And they're probably comparing it to magic cards, but like, oh, there's there's still valuable magic cards around. These yeah, ones the value can be retained, right, over a while. Actually, people are there are people that buy like boxes of cards, right? Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned this before. They buy like full sets, and there's this this famous channel called Alpha Investments online, uh, where it's literally investing in Magic the Gathering cardboard, right? The only th difference between a guy, you know, who buys a whole bunch of boxes of, I don't know, Innistrad or something, right? So they don't open the pack, right? They don't open the box, right? Because that's the, how it retains most of its value. Okay. But the question is, uh, are you sure you, you better have insured that, right? For, for, for Rudy, the guy that runs Alpha Investments, the reason why he can have all of the shipment, right? All of these boxes there, these are damageable goods, right? Is because all of that stuff is like like he has insurance on that so if there's the water damage if there's a big fucking you know storm that wrecks that stuff he's fine uh -huh. you bought a whole bunch of boxes and you just put it in your basement are you protected in the same way like and if you, you get, buy yeah mites get into that your whole investment's gone <laughs> yeah that's the question you better have insured it to make sure that you don't get screwed for for it even if you knew what you're talking about and you you invested in the right thing right mm -hmm. but yeah and i don't know it's uh it, it's the same type of gambling not the same type of gambling but it's like another kind of gambling that people kind of do right and and i do wonder if people try I guess people don't do the same thing for miniatures no. Luckily, we have avoided that kind of, even though we're collectibles, mm -hmm. because you, you have to open them and paint them, they don't retain value because most people are not good enough painters to increase the value of something <laughs> once it's painted, right? You know, and even while they, when they are well painted, it won't match someone else's color scheme or whatever for their army. So yeah. even if it's painted, it doesn't, it often won't help the buyer. Yeah, that's true. And people, like, it has to be so well painted that they would keep it even if it clashes with their paint scheme which means that you got to be like especially nowadays i feel like the level of of 
of quality a paint job has to be for people to pay money on top of it, it it's got to be like award-winning quality. Yeah, and you probably have to have painted it in the studio scheme so that it kind of fits people's mm. expectation. Yeah, it's very interesting, actually, that kind of thing. So I guess that's a side thing, but... Yeah, so just the, for other... So we've gone through a couple different types of like random miniatures, but one of the other major ones that, just thinking of Meeple Mart, our biggest local game store, mm -hmm. would be the actual WizKids models for D&D. Instead of the Wizards of Coast. I ones totally forgot in, about those. They come in packs of four. So we were talking about things being not painted, but these ones are actually painted. So when you buy them, they kind of don't go much up or much down. Yeah. If somebody wants them. But I think they come in but different... People buy them. I think we mentioned that. And I was so surprised. And I even mentioned before, I think, that I wanted to buy them. Just, but they're just too badly paint. painted. They're so badly oh. painted. Is there sculpt? Because ball? again... What? Is the sculpt quality any good? It looked mediocre. Uh, mediocre. It's, yeah. I don't even think it's as good. the sculpt quality is as good as their unpainted line. No, probably not. And I don't know why. I, I would have assumed it's the same sculptures and the same stuff. Maybe it is as well painted. It's just once, sorry, as well sculpted. But once it's painted, it just looks so bad. It ruins all the yeah. detail because it's, oh, it it's so, so fault. Like, I don't blame the people who are painting it because how much are these people getting paid? To paint 30, these things and how quickly you have to do it. To yeah, it's ridiculous. And I and so many times, like I said, I spent so so I've been spending so much money on card games that I don't even play, and I, that's not even my main hobby. I'm getting back into card games because it's the best way to like get that dopamine hit, right? Mm -hmm. With those fancy looking cards, right? Um, so D &D, so I though. would rather do miniatures, right? But and I'd like fantasy miniatures, right? We play a bunch of, like like I said, Frost Grave is one of my favorite games. Uh, we have our own game, which is fantasy, right? That we, we play. Um, so I do have a need for fantasy miniatures. And I do have a need for gambling and getting random stuff and getting that dopamine hit. But I can't, that combination of that extra thing of just painted drives me crazy. Well, and, and they're just not that. They don't look that good. There's probably a lot of it. Though, for the D&D &D players, I think the D&D &D players are a different breed than the pure miniature Because The pure D&D, &D, yeah. If you, so I think product, obviously, there's a lot of overlap, but yes. Yeah, I think the product is probably more suited to them than the people who are looking to play like skirmish games or whatever, or just like people who are into painting. Because from looking at those boxes, they come in different like... Themes. Different themes, yeah. Is this like, are these baddies? Are these monsters? Are these good guys? So maybe if you were trying to come up with like a D&D &D campaign and as the, the GM, you wanted to just like get some random ideas for your campaign. So that you want stuff. Just... Yeah. For the setting. They're like, Oh, they're going into the winter, like the North in the mountains. I'll go buy some random North mountain miniature, like the Northern winter theme miniature boxes. And I'll just get, Oh, look, here's a Yeti. Well, they're going to fight a Yeti next time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you get to put together a story yourself as the DM. Mm -hmm. You crack it open, see the miniatures, and like craft a story around them, which I think yeah. is quite a fun because yeah. it's not because it seems to me it'd be too open ended to be like oh I have to craft this out of nowhere. Whereas mm -hmm. if you have a little bit of constraint, like it lets you. Uh, I think there's 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 a di different there's a mix I think because mm -hmm. when you're when you're when you're crafting a campaign. Mm -hmm. 
if you don't want to craft it by yourself, which a lot of people don't, right? Because it's so open-ended. There's you, be, you have to come up with everything yourself. That's what the modules are there for, right? The D&D modules are there for. So you don't need to like look for miniatures to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to me, that's how the, the people who don't want to just totally hand roll their stuff, mm-hmm. how they do it, right? And that's how I did it, right? Like when, when I was playing... We, we didn't go off, like, we didn't totally create a world and do it because we're not super in, like, that's not our sole hobby. So we don't spend all the time trying to craft the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just take something off the shelf. That's why they have modules, and that's why they have famous modules, right, that a lot of people run through. Yeah. So I don't think <clears throat> collecting minis to try to collect them is is a main kind of thing. At the same time, though, when, when we played, we didn't really play with miniatures. We played, like, with theater of the mind right and i mentioned that well for me it's because i play with miniatures all the time so it's not a big deal but i wish i had actually forced them to like play with miniatures so that i could use that as a gateway drug into playing miniature games i think i mentioned this before don't worry about it i'll prime it for you (laughs) yeah 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 exactly um yeah i'll just teach you here here let's figure it out i'll customize the weapon for you that too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you want me to, I can do the, the, the touch ups. You just do the base code and, and practice learning how to do that. And I'll make it, I'll do that last kind of. I'll make the sword the, like MMM. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I do, though, think that cracking of those boxes is, and I, is, is you get that same kind of fun, right? You're like, oh, the random, otherwise, why don't they just make it a pack of random, uh, not random, but like a pack of miniatures? <clears throat> yeah, this right? it's, lines up with that. Yeah, painted, painted. Like, like in um, X-Wing, right? Like when we talked about prepainted miniatures, there's a bunch of lines where you you know what prepainted stuff you're getting mm-hmm. and that you can sell that or you can do the random thing, right? And, and I see people sell it, people buy it, man. They, they buy it and it makes sense somewhat like i think i mentioned before because when you're playing D, you run through so many different monsters and oftentimes the monster that you run into is literally going to be one encounter or one mission that you, and then you'll never play it again so you're really going to paint up like that monster that is only ever going to be played that one time do you have time for that no one's mm-hmm. got time for that you paint your hero you paint your 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 main villains, but you leave the random monsters and stuff like that for the the, the pre-painted stuff, I guess. Yeah. But for so, me, it totally didn't work because, yeah. Because you're not that type of GM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also haven't played uh, D&D for a long time. Yeah. We actually kind of stopped playing because of the pandemic. It's a little bit weird. Oh, yeah, you played with Playing Google. online is just not Sorry. as good. Yeah, I'm playing with coworkers, yeah. yeah. We would, we would like on a Friday, we'd, we'd, you know, after work basically go drink beers and uh, play some DD. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, another. Another yeah. casualty of the pandemic that might come back when the pandemic's over if we all decide to go back to work. We're a bunch of software developers. So um, I think a lot of people have gotten used to uh, working from home. Although I still think, you know, okay, that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. All right. Oh. Next song. Next song or next line of measures? Can you think of another? Yeah, one? yeah. Uh, random. I do want to talk about the loot crate things 
And my wonder of why mini crates have not, at least the mini crate from Privateer Press, I don't feel like it's really succeeded that well. But I feel like, I wonder if, is it loot crates that have not succeeded or is it Privateer Press? Privateer Press's mini crate that hasn't succeeded. So when they came out with the mini crate, they were definitely already on the downhill mm-hmm. in terms of like the players being engaged and like getting new players in. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that it just has something to do with the like loss of enthusiasm in the game. Mm. If people were still like big into it and people like, like when you see War Machine go up for sale on our mm-hmm. local Facebook groups, the, mm-hmm. the takers are few and far between. Yes. So, and like if I think of the game was going big, like its peak, the mm-hmm. mini crate would have been like big and people would have had major demand for things that came out in that that were really cool. But as it was, like people weren't desperate for new miniatures. Well, if they had contracted Javier to do every single one of their mini miniature mini crates, I would buy into it in a second. You you just you said something very disturbing because if he right. created a mini crate by himself, uh-huh. it was just like what he created, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally I, would. I, just No, I don't care. Yeah, I totally would buy it. Now, okay. this makes me think, actually, even though Minicrate didn't succeed, mm-hmm. um, there have been a lot of similar subscription crates that have, and they are the 3D printing ones. Yeah, but that's So right. they give you STLs, yep. and then you sign up for to get the STLs and they release packs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of STLs. And then you go home and you print it out on your, on your hobby, which is apparently just printing out miniatures on your, on your, your, your printer. Mm-hmm. And it's actually getting really popular. And I'm hearing that um, it's starting to get hard to hire uh, good sculptors uh, because a lot of these good sculptors are just creating subscription mini crate like subscription crates where you just buy the subscription of the STLs Mm -hmm. and you collect the STLs and then you print off whatever you want. And this solves the issue that you're talking about before, right? Uh, You don't want to build up a whole bunch of, you would subscribe, but you don't want to build up a whole bunch of stuff you don't even want, right? So now you get to pick and choose. You just get the STLs and you're like, oh, I want these two, right? And then you put those out. It's, it's the physical existence of the things because you can't ignore things once they enter the physical realm. They, they're kind of yeah. they're hard to ignore. But when they're in the virtual realm, you just upload them to the cloud and mm-hmm. you, you can get them out of your mind. They're gone. Yep. And then if you want them, you can put them into physical existence and then you can play with them and print them and you can do all that stuff. And for the actual creator, it's so much easier for them because they don't have to go through the casting and stuff like that, which is requires generally a lot of expertise to make it. Yeah, all the packaging, all the shipping. All the packaging. They just, you know, they have to sell for a little bit less, obviously, right? But apparently there's enough people with 3D printers that there's a bunch of people who are able to get enough uh, money to pay for their... Yeah, pay for the sculpting and pay for their 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 I guess their their life their current work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, even Raging Heroes, who we've mentioned, right, has started one and it's doing I think pretty well. Really, I a lot of that. so Raging Heroes. If you look at even their new stuff, they're all 
offered us STLs as well. If you subscribe to them, you can get the STLs. And then afterwards they offer them, like they, they print off a bunch of them, right? And create casting to sell on the direct market as well. Oh, okay. So you can actually buy them if you don't sign up for the service? Yes, afterwards. Yeah, yep. Oh, but if you, you sign up for the service, you can get them. You can get the STL files and print them yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, their, their sculpts are pretty high quality, so you'd have to have a really yep. good printer to make use of them. So. Well, that's the thing, right? The 3D printers have gotten to the, the, the quality that um, you can get, uh, what do you call it? Just, just high quality prints now, right? Not, not like if you look at, it's not as high quality probably as, it depends, right? But like, really how do people make miniatures now, right? They're, they're printing them on 3D printers, just like really expensive ones, right? Yeah, and if you go and to one then, of the services online, you can get access to the same printing technology and just have it shipped to you. Yep. Um, so the difference though, right? Like, and then they make a master, right? Of the super high quality 3D prints, right? But the quality of these, these ones that you can buy in domestic is getting really close. Like uh, this print, this one, this model, I bought this from someone else printing it. This yeah, is... with the camera, you, you don't really see the lines too much. And yeah. there's ways of doing the solvent baths too that'll kind of take some of the the ridges off of them too. Yeah, it's quite good. It's quite good. Um, the, the quality is very high and that was 3D printed, right? So um, it's, really, it's really coming along and I can see if I had a 3D printer, right? And, and have you... Have you seen seen um, the the ones that uh, we got? Like, like have you seen any that that were printed? So for miniatures, I don't think I've seen many of those. I've seen people we know produce terrain, but it's usually with uh -huh. the lower quality, like ABS printers. So and that that you can see the lines in the you can easily see the lines. You didn't see the ones that were brought in by some of the guys at at our store for the miniatures. The green, the clear green one. I may have, but I wouldn't have. I can't remember yeah. how it was. I no, I remember. A They're quite bit. high quality, and uh, yeah. So um, I I don't even think you do acid baths anymore. You have enough resin cares about about the solvent. Yeah, they have the um, the the one where you have the resin, and then you you do the UV. And then you have to UV, you have to like bake it basically kind of thing with UV light afterwards. I think that's, that's the only thing you do. I thought it baked it as you went, as the layers were laid. So, so it bakes it like it, <laughs> it half bakes it. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you have to full bake it with like a more full complete UV bath afterwards, I believe. That's how oh, to get full hardness. It just, it does enough yeah. that it doesn't like sag as it goes. Yeah, exactly. It gives you like the general shape and then for the full hardness, you have to bathe it in more UV light afterwards. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing is a way that you could go. And, at, but to me, it just doesn't feel the same as the gambling. Oh, getting STL files. Yeah. It just feels like you're, you're on a subscription. I don't know. Yeah. Cause you feel like you could get it from somewhere afterwards. Yeah, and it feels like you're just pre-buying to me. I, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is not a gambler's... In some ways, you're gambling, right? But, like, it doesn't have that same gambler's feeling of putting in money and not knowing what you're going to get, even though you are. It feels more like you're just pre-buying. 
And so yeah, you don't get that dopamine hit. It's different. Opening up a file on the computer is different than opening up an actual package too. Yeah. Like you just click on the thing. You're like, Oh, here's an image. That's nice. But if it's yeah, like you crack the thing yeah. open, there's more, there's just more anticipation for the physical. Yeah. It's just a lot more work. Actually, I think it would be cool. I would actually probably go for some of these things if to subscribe to someone who has a whole bunch of these subscriptions and they just print me off a couple of things from a random, from, from a random STLs every, every month. Maybe mm -hmm. I don't get, get as much and I have to pay a bunch, but like that to me seems more fun. If I get just a little package of three miniatures that I liked. So it sounds like, it sounds like you would buy all sorts of things randomly. But oh my God. I think what it would take me to just get random stuff, as I said, is for a game I played, just them having like a random exclusive sculpt or possibly like the same thing as those Space Marine heroes where there's like 12 random sculpts and you have some huh. idea that it's gonna be for a faction or maybe for mercenaries that you could possibly use. Mm -hmm. I think if they were for a game I played, like currently that would just be Infinity because mm -hmm. any other fantasy things, I can just get them from wherever. But I think I would not if they're true scale. For some reason, fantasy true scale is so rare. It's so annoying. Yeah, Stupid, well, I think... heroic giant heads. People in the past did not have giant heads. Well, at least Wiz Kids and the Song of Ice and Fire are around. So yeah, that's like, true. they're leading the way. That's true. That is the way. Anyways, yep. that's our topic every other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just had to put it, you know, my, my daily complaint yeah, about heroic scale. Yeah. Um, so I think we basically covered almost all of the, the, the general things on the market in terms of mystery reasons why we're into the gambling kind of aspect and the mystery boxes. Um, is there any thoughts about, I guess, the future? And we talked about, you know, what we would want, but do you think this is going, and I guess maybe we did talk about the future with the 3d skulls and everything like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm um is there anything i guess else you wanted you, you want to say before we kind of wrap this up no i think that was i think the printing on demand is more of the the future like, of it yeah where the artist becomes like because now just as you've seen with music the artist has more like ability to direct sell to people mm -hmm. so i think we're probably going to see the same sort of thing for war games where now the actual artists themselves will be putting out like ways of buying direct from them digitally same mm -hmm. thing as like music. Yeah, there is that problem though of like the hobby that we want is a full package. It's it's mostly the miniatures, but it's not just the miniatures, right? No, it's the game surrounding it too, which the artist It's the game in. and the setting and everything, which makes it interesting. Like your experience, it's you want the miniatures. The miniature is like the song, right? But mm -hmm. you don't just want the song. You want, I don't know what you would call it, the concert or the club experience where they, they layer a whole bunch of songs together and then everyone's there experiencing that same kind of feeling all together as mm -hmm. it brings to, brings it together. So there, I think there is some space for that. I don't know how you create that or even monetize it if that's even possible or if you can only monetize the songs. I don't know. Yep, we'll see. We'll see which direction it could go because we talk about how like skirmish games and more open-ended bring your own miniature games are becoming more popular. So I think that's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. But as, as these 3d printers become so much more high quality, how mm -hmm. that's going to eat into games workshops, you know, uh, product margins, profit margins, sorry. Product margins. Yeah. Well, it could, it could, there could be like the whole Napster phenomenon occurs in the miniatures world. Who knows? Yeah. I think as soon as one of us gets a 3d printer, which I think is inevitable at some point, at least, 
we're, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> 3D printing and how it's the future ethics, or not. Ethics of 3D printing. Ethics of 3D printing. And obviously it's okay. Now, the only question is, what are you 3D printing though? Mm-hmm. Well, that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, like I said, when one of us gets those 3D printers, right? Then we'll, we'll have to cross that. We'll have to cross that. Yeah, when it comes. All right. Um, that's basically it. So if you have any uh, thoughts on mystery boxes, if you just gambled, if you bought that Privateer Press mystery box we were talking about and you got something super cool, give us a shout. Tell us what you got. Or if you got something totally worthless that you hated, also tell us so that we can all like commiserate in this unhappiness because I'm definitely going to buy one after this talk. Oh my God. I thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought you weren't going to. Oh, well. I, I don't know. Every, every, every hour uh, I, I, I vacillate. So whenever I, I'm looking away from all these miniatures, unpainted miniatures, I want to buy it. And then I look over and I'm like, oh my God, I have all these miniatures I haven't even assembled. Why am I buying more miniatures? So that's basically how it goes. Just make sure you're always surrounded by miniatures to protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just have a little miniatures wristwatch of uh, just an unpainted miniature. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah. So if you want to reach out and tell us about that stuff, you can uh, contact us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah. Or find us on Facebook, uh, Dice Over Everything. Or if you want to see what we're posting or post some of your own stuff, it's Dice Over Everything Group. Yep. Uh, that's basically it. This is me and Alan. It's from Brandon. Bye.